From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Hi, I'm John O'Sullivan, CEO of Principia Scientific International. Welcome to Sky Dragon Slaying. Today, I'm honored to have with me someone who can fairly be called a true medical hero, a man who sacrificed a distinguished career in the UK as a consultant surgeon for daring to blow the whistle on a litany of lies about COVID-19, the unwarranted lockdowns, and downright dangerous so-called vaccines. Uh, he's Dr. Mohamed Adil, a consultant general who works in emergency, colorectal, breast, laparoscopic, and endoscopic surgery. He's an international award winner in medical innovation with 30 years of unblemished medical record while working for the UK, UK's National Health Service. Now, Dr. Adil has dozens of publications in international magazines and more than 100 articles of medical interest. He is chairman of the World Doctors Alliance, which is an astonishing 250 million followers worldwide. Dr. Adil is a noted contributor to the Global Mishtarians Medical Organization and all Pakistan Medical Association in the UK. Right, at the beginning um, of the pandemic, Dr. Adil was ahead of the game. He was one of those doctors who had switched on to the idea that everything was not what it seemed. Um, he um, went to the trouble of sharing his concerns. There were things about the, the rollout, the, uh, the lockdowns that um, didn't make sense. Um, he called out fakery on social media, he dared to tell the truth. Um, like myself, he pretty much uh, figured out the virus thing was a hoax, exaggerated, pretty much a rebranding of flu, if anything, and uh, the vaccines were in development for the deliberate harm or manipulation of the public. Dr. Adil, it's a pleasure, a real honor to have you on TNT Radio. Uh, how are you? How are you doing? Very well, uh, John. Thank you ever so much. I'm really uh, delighted to join you on this uh, magnificent TNT TV uh, and radio, which is uh, uh, viewed by millions of people across the world. This is a good opportunity to spread the message. Thank you for, very much for giving me a chance to join you tonight. Yeah, um, I want to mention, first of all, that um, the reason why we had you on the show at this particular time is because what's been happening in your case now your case um for, for anybody who doesn't know that your background you um you know 30 years as a distinguished surgeon general um you spent three and a half years um without work you know the general medical council took it upon themselves to you know suspend you initially without pay and then to have your license revoked um, that's incredibly drastic you know, you know Nobody's, you know, I mean, I've, I've known doctors who've committed some very, very suspicious criminal offences and uh, they've been allowed to practice. But uh, you committed the worst possible sin. You were exposing the fraud within medical science and Big Pharma. And we know Big Pharma is incredibly powerful. And um, again, you uh, took your case all the way to tribunal. Um, I believe that um, you, you put a very good case, you had a good legal team. Um, but again, you know, the, the, the group thing being what it is, you were, you know, you lost that, that case but, and you took it to appeal. You went to the High Court in London and um, 
you lost that appeal. And then you gave an, uh, made another submission for another appeal, and you lost that as well. You're now in the awful predicament, uh, even though you have a very, very strong case. You, you're in the process of lawfare, what I would call lawfare, because you're pretty much going against um, a cult. You know, and I, I call it a cult where you've got the medical establishment um, determined determined to roll out a global authority. You know, the idea that the World Health Organization should be the final arbiter of what's good and proper in med medical science. And censorship, being what it is, Dr. Adil, you were too powerful. You were, you know, somebody in a high position. And we've seen it um, with other people. My, my former colleague on TNT Radio, Dr. Dolores, Professor Dolores Cahill, very much similar situation for her in Ireland, um, daring to speak truth, truth to medical tyranny. And, um, you know, you're now like her, you're an outcast. Effectively, you're going to have to raise a substantial sum of money, something in the order of £40,000, I believe, to take your case to the next highest level. You know, it, the, the Supreme Court in the UK and then the uh, right. International Court in, in The Hague. Now, this is formidable. You know, this is formidable. And um, give our listeners a kind of flavor of what it's been like for you these the past three and a half years. Yeah, I think this, this has been an extraordinary event since the uh, very beginning of 2020 when I was working as a consultant general colorectal and laparoscopic surgeon in one of the tertiary care unit hospitals in Manchester when the extraordinary un Presidented a uh, wave of SARS COVID 2 erupted from city of Wuhan, China, which actually affected the entire globe. People were very much upset. They were confused, living in a wilderness because soon after this wave, the all the borders of the 190 countries were closed and people had serious restrictions of traveling and uh, then uh, in, in UK the lockdown was imposed on 22nd of March 2020 and that resulted into cessation of the health services all the patients who were under investigations under me, I do a lot of bowel cancer and breast cancer surgery and laparoscopic work and endoscopies. I had thousands of patients uh, who were on my list. Some were under the treatment, some had completed the treatment and were waiting for further treatment in, uh, for the advanced cancers. But all these uh, patients were abandoned and all the outpatient clinics were uh, shut down and GP referral of 99% were seized off. And then serious restrictions were imposed on the public in the very beginning, which included the face masking, the social distancing and the sanitizers. And a lot of elderly patients were transferred from the hospitals into the nursing home in order to accommodate the possibility of flooding of the COVID-19 uh, virus, which was named uh, by the WHO on 11th of March 2020. But we have not witnessed that event happening in the hospitals because most of the hospital beds were empty. 
including the intensive care unit, because I, I had witnessed that uh, while working over there. So I was very much concerned about the well-being of my patients because they were suffering. And a lot of patients were dying because of the cancers and the chronic debilitating diseases. And uh, they were uh, very much concerned about how is going to uh, be, how they're going to be helped. So I discussed with my colleagues and I raised this issue to the local administration, but they didn't pay any attention to that. So I went on to the social media for two reasons. One, I wanted to initiate a scientific uh, medical debate to, to know exactly the origin of this new novel coronavirus, which was named as a COVID-19, its origin, its mode of infection, its pathogenicity, its, its mode of spread, and the way to treat it in a better way for the sake of public and my patients. And secondly, I wanted to alleviate the stress and anxiety of the of my patients and the public created by the mainstream media and the government agents on every evening on the mainstream media uh, for the for the COVID-19. So I basically, this was appreciated by millions of people across the world to relieve their uh, stress and anxiety. So uh, this was, uh, I acted upon uh, as a, a duty of candor because that clearly says that as a health professional, it's our moral and ethical duty to raise the alarm in a situation when patients are in danger. And also I abided my Hippocratic oath, which says first do no harm and the informed consent. Patients were being harmed because they were not seen by the doctors. They were confined to their homes. All these health services were abandoned. Thousands of elderly patients were neglected in the nursing and the care homes, and many thousands died in their own homes because of lack of the medical facilities, which was actually a, a, I did as a as a duty of my condor. Not I'm not a politician, neither I have any any intention to stand in the in, in the in the election, but I just. I just wanted to safeguard my patient for the sake of humanity. People were confined to their home, so I stood for them, and they had a lot of restrictions so uh, for their freedom and liberty and freedom of speech and expression. So I stood for them, and I saw the how the lockdown had impacted the public across the world. It, uh, billion people were affected because of the serious lockdown and restrictions imposed on the public, which affected uh, their economy, uh, education of the children, and their health and well-being. And we saw many people dying in their own homes, especially the horrors of nursing homes is unforgettable. And I, mm -hmm. I sympathize all those uh, uh, relatives and the loved ones who have lost their uh, uh, relatives. So this was just a positive move to go on the social media to initiate a scientific debate to know better about this 
new uh, strain of a coronavirus which world has never seen before but instead no. of appreciating it i was i was targeted by the medical establishment so in on 22nd of april 2020 i was dismissed by the trust without any notification charge sheet or any disciplinary followed by the gmc uh, intervention uh, within a short notice they called upon an interim order tribunal hearing uh, in three days notice and i appeared on my own because i was not able to to arrange my legal advisor in a short notice so uh, i went on the interim order tribunal hearing and uh, you'll be surprised to know that i was not provided the the case notes bundle uh, for wow. contesting my case 256 pages were delivered to me on my request by email during the hearing process on the skype and i was asked to go through those in 90 minutes and come back for the for the trial which i i i honestly it was i, I found it very difficult and i was but it was not easy to grasp those pages which uh, consisted of so many uh, content so much content which was difficult to grasp in a short time so anyway i went back and uh, as expected they they suspended me for uh, uh, 12 months uh, uh, and i had not given an opportunity to debate uh, that why i am being dismissed and suspended uh, by the general medical council for 12 months for just expressing my personal viewpoint as a scientist as a clinician with long-standing experience in multiple specialties and as a teacher and trainer with world uh, with international fame so that was my duty of condo which i they said we're not here for the fact finding but we are the we're here to protect the public so okay you're protecting the public same is my aim to protect the public because public i i respect public and i had a very good relationship my with my patients and the public and the and the uh, all over the world i respect the humanity but they never listened to me and then after 12 months to cut the long story short i went through several uh, iot hearing after every four months after 12 months they extended my suspension order for another 12 months without any justification which was totally wrong and uh, unjustified uh, because there was no clinical or uh, ethical or property or any antisocial event which could have triggered general medical council to suspend me for two years my mm -hmm. fault was that just i i spoke about the the covid a new strain of virus which caused serious effect on the public mm -hmm. dr adil um there are a lot of um matters that happened just before you um, did what you did and i'd like to get into one key issue that uh, i i picked up on very very promptly and you did yourself and uh, hats off to you for doing that um but i'll address that in, in a little while uh, after our short break this is tnt radio TNT Radio's James Freeman. We have new revised figures from the Office for National Statistics showing that legal 
that's not illegal, that's legal, net migration to the UK has witnessed one of the largest increases on record. Three quarters of a million additional people are now living in the UK in the space of just one year. A huge number that comes just three years after we left the European Union. Now, I didn't vote for Brexit because of immigration. I voted because of democracy, but millions did vote because they think too many people are coming into the country, which makes what the government has allowed to happen an absolute two fingers up to the people and democracy. Another example, if we needed another, of how the government does the exact opposite to what the people want and vote for. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. While serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. Today, I'm a sculptor creating new visions. Now, my fingers are my eyes. As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful, that means a lot to me. Life is like that. We each must use what we can to make things better. DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. Welcome back to Sky Dragon Slaying. Uh, it's an honor for me personally to have somebody who tr- is a true hero in medical science, somebody who's doing his very, very best to uh, to protect millions of lives. Um, during the break, um, Dr. Adil, you and I were sharing uh, a great concern uh, about what occurred before, the week before the UK went into full lockdown. Um, the government's own advisors, the government's own medical panel on uh, highly infectious uh, diseases issued a, a public statement. It, it was actually published on the government parliamentary website, and I read it at that time. It's truly shocking because what they had done is they'd issued a, a statement, in effect, downgrading the SARS-CoV-2, uh, the, the whole thing, down to the same level of threat as a regular influenza so knowing that fact and knowing the implications as you said of of the knock-on effect of shutting everything down shutting down the the economy um delaying essential treatments people as you said in in your own care who are having uh, essential treatment in in effect denying them life-saving treatment merely for something you and i know was considered by the government's own advisors, no greater risk to, to the public health than influenza. Um, just, just give a, give us our listeners a, a sense of how you felt at that time and how shocking that uh, that that event is. It was very shocking actually because it, it created a lot of confusion among public. Uh, uh, on nineteenth of March, twenty twenty, the government announced that the COVID nineteen is no more high consequence infectious disease. However, after three days, the lockdown was imposed on the public on recommendation 
of the imperial college by the sage group of uh, science, uh, scientists, which was totally confusing. It was uh, uh, very much upsetting for the public because it affected an entire system of the health system, which I was concerned about, and also the freedom of movement and the liberty, civil rights, human rights, and the medical ethics, they were all down, went down into the ditch because none of them were followed during that time. Or not only that, but as a scientist, I'm very much involved in research and the trials uh, across the UK in my 30 years. 1,250 trials were abandoned. Similarly, the breast and colorectal screening program were abandoned, which caused serious effect to the public in a way that early picking up of the cancers uh, gives us 100% cure of the patient as a surgeon, I would say, my, with my 35 years experience. Mm -hmm. But if the cancer is delayed or picked up late, it becomes advanced and then there is a less chance of survival. And unfortunately, the patients with the cancers and those with the chronic debilitating diseases were not being considered before putting the country into lockdown just for the sake of COVID-19. If I were able to suggest them, that could have been treated separately, but we shouldn't have ignored the patients who were in need of having their operations, their treatments, uh, for, especially for the cancer patients. Mm -hmm. But everything was seized off as a result of COVID, which caused a lot of confusion. And people thought this is a political issue. It's not a, a health issue at all. That actually mm -hmm. brought a lot of confusion. And people said in, in UK, there were more than 50% people said this was a hoax because of the way mm -hmm. it propagated. And it, the way yeah. it was uh, uh, portrayed was not right because, uh, as what I my message was to the public that COVID nineteen is not as dangerous as it has been uh, portrayed by the uh, government agents and the health yeah. authorities because it's it's not more than a serious uh, influenza virus, and some yeah, and, you know um... when when such things happen then. People, uh, a lot of conspiracy theory erupts. Some say this is a hoax. Others say it doesn't exist. Nobody knew about this origin. Still, there is a lot of confusion. It's a core inquiry going on. And and I have seen the debate. They're blaming each other that who said that first or who said that what. So at that time, we have not planned it. It was so rushed to put the country into lockdown. I wish... We could have a scientific debate. We should have involved the health professionals, the scientists, the researchers, and the obviously the government authority and the medical establishment and the regulator to decide what exactly is going on, what is the best for the patient. That's what my point is. But yeah, this never happened. In. Let me jump in just, just momentarily, if you don't mind. I just want to give a bit more context because I... You, you use the expression rush through um, and that would make 
you know some sense if that there was kind of a, a pause by parliament but there was no pause by parliament within that week a thousand page bill thousand page bill was put before parliament rushed through parliament as if this was not rushed through this was pre carefully prepared uh, the draconian measures uh, were such that it's unprecedented in uh, not just British history, but in international history. I mean, we talk about the World Health Organization, and, and that is a UN body, unelected body, and it's funded by private interests. And I, I believe most people are not aware that something in the order of $50 billion to the World Health Organization came either directly from Bill Gates or from uh, associations or, or funding agencies associated with Bill Gates. Um, and one individual, in effect, one individual has assumed this kind of authority over the entire planet. Um, for those who don't know, Bill Gates is not qualified in any subject at degree level. Exactly. That's um, what my point is, that uh, there was a question in during the high court hearing that uh, what GMC a, a barrister raised that Dr. Adil is only a colorectal surgeon. He is not authority to give his opinion. But let me tell to the world that I am not only a colorectal surgeon, I'm a qualified doctor and a fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons of Edinburgh and Ireland. And I spent 35 years of my services for this country with unblemished medical record, at least 30 plus years in the UK with not a single complaint. And I am not only a colorectal surgeon, I'm a breast surgeon, I am a researcher, I am a lecturer, and I conducted so many con international conferences within the UK and abroad. And I lecture, I, I have been lecturing all across the world for, for the medical uh, research work and publications and to, to uh, share the knowledge and experience. That's my all three organizations are about, which yeah, you have mentioned. Yeah, I, I want to just jump in, if you don't mind, and just mention the fact that you are the no. chair. You are the chairman of, of the World Doctors Alliance. Uh, yeah, indeed, some amazing, yes. amazing professionals. I mean, the, the list is incredible. You know, it's like a badge, of, like a role of honor, a role of honor of the great and the good in the medical sciences. Who thank you very much. Done what what done what you've done, and in effect, you're um, as I said, the chair of this organization. So, if we talk about um, authority figures if we talk about um our trusted sources those who you know by your very peer your peer group your very peers have said that you are the person to you know front this organization you don't get that honor and that privilege unless you are very well-rounded and very knowledgeable across a wide area um and this is astonishing because i i think that um, put, putting two and two together uh, i believe you were targeted my own view is you were targeted as other people were targeted who blew the whistle. Um, I would put you on the same level as, say, uh, Julian Assange, you, you know, that kind of import, that kind of significance to the general well-being of, of humanity, because we are being lied to. We are being lied to on, on every front. And um, I want to just um, add that I also associate you, I, 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 my good friend and colleague, uh, Dr. Saeed Qureshi, Dr. Saeed Qureshi, just like your good self, um, has done 30 years in uh, Health Canada, which is the Canadian equivalent of the NHS. Yeah. And uh, um, unlike you, Dr. Qureshi like is a bench scientist, an expert in vaccine testing. Uh, he and I uh, first uh, crossed paths when the whole thing kicked off. 
And um, we collaborated very early on. I, I didn't have the good oh, fortune to, to cross paths with you. I would have loved to cross paths with you back in that back at that time because we could have done amazing work together. Um, I believe we're looking at a new era of collaboration. I believe we're looking at the an era of collaboration amongst those who believe in truth over authority. And the status quo, I believe what? the status quo, the big pharma, those in the GMC, the, those prestigious organizations that have held sway for generations, in effect, um, they affect, I believe they've sold out, haven't they? Do you, do you feel they've sold out? Or is that something that maybe is a bit too far to go? I think the, 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 this was a multi-global, multi-corporation agenda, which was all together like uh, uh, WHO, Bill Gates, as you mentioned, UNO, SOPI, and uh, these uh, UNICEF, multiple pharmaceutical companies, Johnson & Johnson, and Pfizer's, and uh, uh, Moderna, they were all Moderna. had a collaborated move, which actually controlled the health services and they booted into the hospital to control the health services of the people, which is is which has never happened before. That has seriously affected the health of the public, and millions of patients have passed away, especially the cancer patients, since the last four years who were either in early stage, they became in advanced stage, and then they have passed away without being treated. They have been neglected and they have not been taken care of. And I have all my sympathies with those patients who have been, who have not been treated. And this is a very important uh, a point. Similarly, the the the, uh, the lot of uh, patients are on the waiting list where more than 8 million patients are on the waiting list i, I don't think in next 10 to 15 years NH, nhs would be able to clear the lot especially when after the brexit when the uh, europeans have left uh, the other doctors are being employed but the one who are already present in within the uk they are being discouraged. This is not a good policy, but I would say the policy of the health services has to be seen and looked into that what is the best for the public, for the patients, and for the for uh, the the well-being of everybody. So this is this is my concern about, and I stood for that, and uh, it has taken three and a half years to reach to this point when I went to the court and knocked the door of the court for the truth and justice but unfortunately the uh, the uh, the uh, judges uh, have not been able to get the proper message what they which should have uh, uh, taken and uh, i have been through huge injustice at the hands of the general medical council and the medical professional tribunal uh, followed by the uh, uh, glaring and indeterminate judgment of the two appeal courts. That's why I am 
prepare to go to the Supreme Court, which is the highest court of the United Kingdom, which I have great respect. Mm. And this is a case for scrutiny by the decision made mm. by the two appeal courts, which, to my understanding, is a, it has to be looked into because I have not committed any crime. I've, I have not mm. killed anybody. I have been talking about my patients for the health services, for the humanity, for the medical ethics, for the human rights, and for the civil liberties. That's what I'm mm. standing for. And you are. I don't you know are. why I have been, uh, what crime I have done to go through three and a half years of punishment uh, and losing yeah. my career, my job and reputation for so long. Is it personal? Is it discrimination or victimization which makes me think about that? Being a, a British, and uh, my children were born here, I'm local, but still I'm considered uh, like uh, I'm not from within the community. I, I've i been considered as I'm being somebody who is still uh, from different part of the world, which is totally you know, um, appalling. Yeah, I just want to... Um put some context in this because my my personal background is um, with Principia Scientific International which I founded 13 years ago uh, with a consortium of international uh, scientists um, on the issue of, of man-made global warming and I believe that everything's connected and um, my chair my chair is the a Canadian uh, well-known Canadian uh, climatologist Dr Tim Ball and Dr Tim Ball pretty much did what you did. He was calling out fraud at the highest level. And um, again, the parallels here, you know, Dr. Adil, are very, very eerie because Dr. Ball um, spoke out, um, but unlike you, he was sued for defamation. He called out um, a leading UN climate scientist, Dr. Michael Mann, and uh, pretty much called him a, a fraudster, uh, using data, manipulating data, cherry-picking data, and not looking at the complete picture. Um, anyway, um, the upshot of that was that um, my colleague, my good friend, Dr. Ball, was sued for defamation at the, in the British Columbia Supreme Court. And again, like your good self, um, not a wealthy man, not, not somebody who could lay his hands easily on tens of, or hundreds of thousands of dollars to push his case through the court. Um, so he had a tough fight. And uh, like you, he was, became a martyr, um, but he stuck it out. And... Uh, there are wealthy people out there, uh, Dr. Adil, who will hear the clarion call for justice. And in Tim Ball's case, um, we were very fortunate to get an anonymous billionaire donor um, who funded, and I'm, 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 I can assure you, there are good people out there who will fund these natural justice cases, cases that are hugely in the public interest. And I believe I would put your uh, situation on a par with that. Um, in Dr. Ball's case, um, the media yeah. called it the science trial of the century. And I, and I think with you, we've got something very, very similar brewing. Um, and what happened with his case, uh, Dr. Ball um, had a protracted eight-year legal battle, which would cost millions yeah. in legal fees. Um, and he won. <laughs> he literally won. Um, but you haven't heard about it Good. because, it, again, the mainstream media don't want to publish the fact the very cornerstone of, of man-made global warming was uh, exposed as a fraud in the British Columbia Supreme Court, in the court of law. And 
again, I think possibly the powers that be may have tapped into this issue that uh, the courts are a very, very powerful forum where non-scientists, non-experts can see um, the cases set out in, in simple terms. And I think this is something that um, I'm very much behind you. And um, I'm going to you know, go into this in a bit more depth in our next section, but we'll take a short break now. Sure. This is TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. My goomba, Mark Morano, is over in Dubai. He actually was telling me that I should go over there with him, but I have other things to do. In any case, Mark has said that the COP28 is shaping up to be a doubling down on the green agenda, despite the massive failure on a grand global scale. Now, I'm sure Mark is going to be talking about this quite a bit, but I would be remiss if a remiss, whichever word you want to use, if I did not bring up what Mark sent down today and he's going to be reporting on this and make no mistake about it this un climate summit will continue the push for the collapse of our once plentiful energy food supply and transportation what could be the possible reason to do that i mean you have bill gates king charles john kerry the world economic forum all these people are elitist all of them are ignorant as to what is actually driving the climate all of them are arrogant and believe that they they are smarter than everyone else and therefore they wish to control everyone else that is what this is all about i'm sure as mark reports on it everybody's going to pick up on that this is tnt climate and weather watchdog meteorologist joe bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather it's the only weather you've got she used to dance and dream of a better life a brighter future today thanks to children international and friends like you she dances for the world. Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. Using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Hi, welcome back. Uh, we're having a, a very earnest and forthright discussion uh, about the tyranny of uh, our big pharma and our corrupt politicians and imposing, you know, their will through um, medical means and, uh, and very dubious scientific bases uh, for, for these medical uh, impositions. Dr. Adil, um, during the break, um, I was, you and I were just going into a little bit of detail about this. I I, I mean, I wrote a book. I mean, I'm a co-author of a book. And I wish I'd met you before because I would dearly have loved to involve you in that book. My particular book is my book is um, slaying the virus and vaccine dragon. And again, I mentioned my good friend and colleague, Dr. Saeed Qureshi, um, a wonderful, uh, like a good self, uh, emanated from Pakistan. And uh, this is truly a global effort for truth. Um, you know, I, I like to also mention the fact that, um, you know, your organization, World Doctors, the World Doctors Alliance, I, I recommend anybody who's not heard of it to go and check it out. Uh, it's the worlddoctorsalliance.com. Um, uh, Dr. Adil, you do a fantastic job running that. Um, and one thing I haven't mentioned, uh, we, we do need to give mention to the fact that you are currently crowdfunding for your legal uh, case. Can you just share with our listeners the um, the website? where to go to to donate to your cause? 
Yeah, I think uh, there is a website for the crowdfunding uh, with the Just Giving, which is uh, published on uh, various social medias, and you have very kindly advertised that as well. Because, as you know, that this is going to be a Supreme Court. I've been through two different courts, but I never got justice. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to miss my last opportunity to knock the door of the Supreme Court mm -hmm. to look into the decision made and scrutinize the, the judgment made by the previous two appeal courts which is my legal and ethical and moral right to stand for. Because I have not done anything, neither I have violated the, mm -hmm. the uh, General Medical Council good, uh, good practice, which, which I know on, on tips, knowledge, number one, the four limbs of the General Medical Council, a good medical practice. One is knowledge, skills, and performance. The second one is safety. Third one is communication and the teamwork. And the fourth one is building a trust. I have built a wonderful trust with my patients, with my colleagues, and their relatives. And mm. I have been very good communicator and a good team player. I had not a single complaint from my colleagues. Thirdly, I know my, my job. I'm fully trained surgeon in this island of United Kingdom, being proud of mm. trained in this country, which I contributed across the world with my knowledge, skills, and experience. And fourthly, I have good knowledge and good experience and skills, which I contribute to my patient. But unfortunately, I could have, I could have, I, I was not able to use these skills for the last four and a half years. You know, my, I was looking at my logbook. On average, as a surgeon, a specialist in breast and colorectal surgery, I operate 1,000 patients per year. In the last four years, I could have treated more than four to 5,000 patients who are waiting on the, on the NHS waiting list. How can they down, they put the surgeon out of work because he said something which they never liked it? I don't need to because this is this is something which I, I was not political. I'm not giving a political statement. I just give my opinion on the social media, not in the hospital environment. But I've been treated differently. I feel like I've been singled out. There have been out there many doctors, uh, for example. One of the colleagues who spoke against Sajid Javed, he, he refused to have vaccine. He spoke against the vaccine. He said he's not going to have it. On that stance, on his stance, 80,000 health professionals did not uh, take the vaccine because government has to, uh, to back up. Similarly, there are hundreds of complaints against another colleague, but GMC said, this is a right of a doctor to give his opinion and we cannot restrict his practice. And we cannot uh, do anything else. I had no complaint at all. They said that I had three complaints, but the complaints, these three complainants were never identified during any course of mm. investigation, either within the GMC nor in the MPTS, 
which the medical professional tribunal, nor nor in the high court, in two uh, uh, appeal courts. So where are those uh, complainants? There was no no evidence at all. There was no witness, and there was no proof. What I'm being suspended? I went to the medical professional tribunal hearing after two years of suspension, and then medical. This was totally unconstitutional uh, 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 medical professional tribunal because there should be ideally five, but there were only three of them. One was the pharmacist who was chairing, which I objected, but GMC disregarded my request because it was a. I felt that there might be a conflict of interest, and the other one was the solicitor. And the third one was a pediatrician retired 20 years ago, and she did not speak a single word. And I, I, I requested them, could you please bring those witnesses which you think have complained against me? But they said they, they are not ready to come. If they're not ready to come, my case should have been falsified. I should have made apology and I should have been reinstated. But at the end of the three weeks of of the hearing during the MPTS from 13th of July 2022 until first, uh, sorry, 13th of June 2022 until 29th of uh, Ju uh, June for three weeks, the chair of the Medical Professional Tribunal wrote, Mr. Adil is a very experienced uh, surgeon and he had no problem with his patient, but for the safety of the public, we are suspending Mr. Adil again for six months. What sort of what sort of danger I would have mm. for the patients? Look at my thirty yeah. years of career. That was not taken into account. And yeah, those six this months, is natural justice. Those six months became seventeen months until today, and I'm still suspended. Yeah, th this is astonishing because there's no evidence presented of you having committed any offence of harming any patients. Um, unsubstantiated anonymous complaints again this is the modus operandi of, of a smear campaign this is how smear campaigns are conducted across the board i mean uh, there's a uh, colleague on, on the mainstream media that used to be uh, very very popular russell brand you may or may not have heard it he got seven million followers um he was calling out a lot of people that um were doing what you're doing this is the kind of thing that um you are targeted for daring to blow the whistle I was, and I was uh you've got I was yeah, singled out compared to other colleagues. Uh, some of them, uh, without giving without giving the name, at least three of them, they were involved in serious crime of sexual misconduct within the hospital premises for three years continuously. But you know what General Medical Council and MPTS said? I have their record. I can show it to you when opportunity arises this was not discussed in the high court should have been brought into the knowledge how uh, and who challenged dr sajid javed hundreds of complaints what gmc said is there the doctor has got a right to speak out and the other doctor they are speaking every weekend there are hundreds of doctors are marching on the road but why i was targeted and singled out this is this is the, the the point which which is striking to my mind that I have been I have not been treated uh, 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 exactly the way the other have been, mm -hmm. and so, you know the sexual sexual misconduct is very serious offense. But these three mm -hmm. doctors in March, seventeenth and twentieth of March, I've got their record and their GMC number and everything. I'm not telling in in a in a air.
I can produce that if public will want to have. I will produce it in the Supreme Court if they wish to have that. These three doctors, they were sent from the, from the GMC to the Medical Professional Tribunal. You know what they what happened there? They just gave them warning. Say, oh, this is not a serious offense. Within the hospital premises, sexual misconduct. When Charlie Macy, who is a chief executive, he gave a, a statement to the Royal College of Surgeons of Edinburgh in, uh, in January the 21. He said, there is no place for sexual misconduct within the health services in the United Kingdom. I appreciated that. Then he said that in twenty in March 2022 and April 2022. And it is still present on the media as well as on the GMC website. How come you let these three doctors go without putting them into a trial? There's a seven-year imprisonment by law for somebody who is committing these sort of crimes with the patient, their relatives, and their colleagues. They were involved in that, but they were just released. Why I was being, I, I was targeted in a, in a, just for a couple of videos, which I, I just said about for the welfare of the patient. That's what I, I'm talking from the core of my heart that this, that's why I feel that I've been singled out and I've been treated differently. And I feel myself a victim of, of uh, social discrimination and abuse, mm -hmm. which has affected seriously to my career, my family, a four dependent. Yeah, they, they three of them are in school. Yeah, they, so this I, is this I, is I what just, I, I've been through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you're um you know eloquently explaining how how they target a whistleblower to chill dissent. They, they don't want anybody else following in your footsteps. They, they don't want somebody with, with your pretty much uh, testinal fortitude coming forward and standing up and, and being uh, a leader, if you like, a leader who's prepared to um, push against the, uh, the fakery. I mean, I, I like the fact that you um, addressed a, a whole, sh whole slew of issues from the masking, the issue of masking, PCR testing, and um the, the veracity of these so-called vaccines these are things broad. that uh, yeah it's very broad and very very damaging for the con conventional you know, mainstream it was very agenda. damaging you mentioned about pcr tests this was 90 i said that in early 2020 that this was 90 percent false uh, positive and 67 percent false negative that test was abandoned afterward and it is not existing anymore anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. Similarly, the masks were useless and the COVID-19 was never isolated, nor purified, mm -hmm. nor re-isolated or inoculated at all. And according to the Cox and the Rivers criteria, mm -hmm. who knows that whether it, it, it doesn't matter whether virus exists or not, the matter is, did I have the freedom of speech in a democratic country like Great Britain? If you think that the democracy, freedom of speech, liberty, freedom of expression, and human rights don't exist, then declare that, that you are not allowed, they're not existing, this is a dictatorship. So then we will keep our mouth shut. My legal advisor said, this is your your 
human rights and fundamental rights, freedom of speech under Article 10, 12, Article uh, 2020 of equality and justice, and Article uh, 1999 of human rights, and Article 10 of uh, A and B by the European Human Rights of the European Convention. So where is that my right gone? If others are speaking and they are told the public who the complainants that doctors have right to speak out, why my mm. where is my right gone? This is my point. Yeah. Um, the whole point is that people have said that um, if it was a lie, if it was fake, that the doctor the doctors would speak out and they would call out um, wrongdoing they would call out um, missteps by government because government policy is what uh, leads the way uh, we probably um, those of us with critical thinking know that um, usually it's science that follows the policy not the other way around it, no longer is it the case that um, politicians will look to the science um, quite often they'll have an agenda first and then dovetail the science to meet their agenda and as you said the litany of, of nonsense about masking up the PCR test all now discredited, all now shown to be completely flawed and have no real scientific basis. And as you say, Absolutely. now there's a war going on. There's a COVID inquiry going on. These politicians are being called to account and heads will roll. And um, it's a matter of time, Dr. Adil, because your time will come and that you're going to have to fight maybe another one or two legal battles in the UK and in The Hague. But I can assure you that TNT Radio is very much a supporter for truth. Um, we're lighting the fire for freedom with your help. We're sharing this information across the world. So, um, Mohammed Iqbal, I want to say thank you very much for joining me today. Well, and I do look forward to working with you again. We chance. definitely will have you back on the show. So, thank you sure, very much, I'll Doctor. be more than happy to, to come. The last thing I would like to pass on a message to... I'm afraid uh, we've lost time now. I'm, I'm very I, sorry. We, we're all I out never... of time. Okay, that's Thank you, fine. Doctor, that's Doctor fine. Adil. Thanks a lot. Much appreciated. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you.